welcome to the Wyzetta Free Conversations podcast. This month, we kick off a new series on why people are leaving the church. In this episode, lead pastor Kevin Meyer has a conversation with Gen Xer Rich Berkeley about why he left the church and why so many are deconstructing and rebuilding their faith. Well, welcome to this series of podcasts. We're going to actually be doing a, a number of these talking around this basic question, why people are leaving the church. And if you don't believe it, go into churches or look at the research that's being done right now, because uh, times are changing. Studies indicate that Christianity in the U.S. is in decline. There's a steady number of reports, researches, all different groups of people that are explaining very clearly that the number of nuns, which are those who are not adherent to any religion, and duns, those who are done with religion, are on the rise while church attendance steadily declines increases and that continues year after year. Um, one important change uh, that I think kind of is one of the undergirding factors of this is as a church has an issue with credibility. And credibility, again, studies will show, is at a low time, an all-time low for the church. There's a, a man named Russell D. Moore, who is the president of Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, a whole lot of other titles, but he had an interview in Time Magazine this past February 2021 and he made these two statements. The biggest threat facing the American church right now is not secularism, but cynicism. There is an entire generation of people who are growing cynical that religion is just a means to some other end. And you can read more and more and more on that. We show stats today that 48% would identify as Protestant. Of that, 16% are white evangelicals, 12 are white non-evangelicals. There is 7% are black Protestants. And so that's just the Protestant category, 48%. 19% are Catholics. There's a whole range of others, but the greatest segment that is growing the most is the religiously unaffiliated. Those who are atheists, those who are agnostics, and those who are the category, nothing in particular, which some theologians have called the apotheistics which I think is a important term because it's not so much that they're atheists or agnostics, but they just really don't care because they have seen the church as not um, being credible and standing with a sense of um, integrity with what Jesus came to bring. So with all that said, we're going to have some conversations. I'm going to have a couple conversations today, one with a Gen Z and in a moment, I will introduce him. I've gotten to know him. I really appreciate Rich. And so, Rich Berkeley, if you would kind of share with us a little bit of who you are, and then we can just get into, I, I realize you're not representing, it's not you being, you know, you're not the voice for this group, but you are a voice. And I think it, I think some of the things you might say will cross this generation in the sense that it will ring true. So, Rich, welcome. Hi, thanks, Kevin, for having me. Um, yeah, just a little bit about me. I'm actually originally from Liberia. Um, I came over here when I was four, um, and I got adopted into the Berkeley household when I was around 10. Good family and raised me a very conservative Christian lifestyle. When I was about 16, we went to a mission trip to New York where we were, it was right after Hurricane Sandy. We were rebuilding porches for people. And for me, it was kind of weird because if you go outside the house, the houses were just packed with boxes and trash and it was just awful living conditions. And we were helping them with their deck. Like we weren't really doing anything of value, you know. And then I remember one time, one, one of the days, 
it was like a drug house run down cut on fire and it lit the two houses on either side on fire and our bus came screaming in taking all, all of the kids out because they're worried about Festus and other stuff in the walls or what could be in the houses because they were so old and run down mm-hmm. they don't want us inhaling that and so we just drove they got all the kids back all the leaders back and drove us out drove us back to the uh, high school we're staying at mm-hmm. and they didn't take any of the families they didn't take any of the people who lived there and I was like well if it's dangerous for us um yeah. it's probably dangerous for them yeah. but we didn't really care about them like we were there for like a photo shoot yeah it was basically a photo shoot for kids to feel good about themselves that they help people and to post okay. on their social media. You so know? that kind of gives a little bit of your experience and we're going to get more into that. I think what we want to talk about in these first few podcasts is this whole idea of deconstruction, because I think there are a lot of Gen Z's and millennials who have grown up in churches and they've looked at their experience. They've thought, I think deeply about it. I don't think this is kind of like, yeah, I don't want to go to church anymore. I think they thought deeply about the teachings of Christ and they found some incongruence, and so they've begun to deconstruct by taking apart the things that they were kind of given or taught, and then begin to go, what do I want to construct my personal faith to be look to look like? And for for a many, it's outside of the church. I'm not saying that's true for you, but I'm just saying for many, it tends to be what they say: nuns are duns. I, I don't need the religion or the religious side of it, but I can develop a spiritual side. Tell me what your thoughts are when I make those comments. Yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty accurate. At least for me, it was more, yeah, it was more like, why are we doing these things, right? Mm-hmm. If the reason was to help people, we would be either working on their houses, building new houses, giving them money, to giving them food even. Like, there was actual, like, purpose we could be doing for them, but we were just doing the easiest thing possible, right? Mm-hmm. Standing at deck, putting a deck up is easy stuff. Um, and then every day we'd go to New York City and we'd go see the Statue of Liberty. Then we'd go to the Empire State Building. Then we'd go to Times Square. And then we'd have a basketball tournament at night. You know, mm-hmm. it was just like summer camp. And I was like, these people are like actually hurting. Like if you looked inside the high school buildings, like we stayed at one of the high schools, pretty old rundown building. But you looked at the walls on the screen. It was like, we are excited to announce we got 50% of people past Algebra 2 this year mm-hmm. next year we're aiming for 60 percent. oh we have a record high 47 percent graduation rate this year you know it's like there's this like actual harm going on and we're just like now nah, we're gonna help you build the deck and we're gonna go have fun in the afternoons so you know? for you yeah i mean my guess would be you know the youth leaders and the people doing it were thinking okay how do we give this group of kids an opportunity to go and have fun. They want to, you know, we're going to do something with them. We're creating a sense of community in this group. And we also want to do something good. But in that, let's just say that's the best intention. In the best intention of that, something felt dissonant. If you want to do that, have a summer camp, you know, Mm -hmm. don't try to swing it around like you're actually helping people because we weren't, we weren't doing anything helpful. We didn't really impact those people's lives. They probably don't remember us. Like we didn't really do anything of value. But Mm -hmm. if your goal is to just have a fun summer camp, go have a fun summer camp in New York, right? Don't disguise it as a mission trip of us serving or helping um, Mm -hmm. because that's not what we were doing. Okay. That's kind of a lot of my problem with everything. It's all, it's all uh, for show. You know, there's no substance behind a lot of the things that are done. If you look at what Jesus would say, he looked at the faith center community of his day and those were the religious establishment, and he saw them 
you know, blowing their trumpet when they would put money in, or they would, when they would pray, they would make sure that everybody saw that they're praying. When they're fasting, they, they made sure that everybody saw that they were in ashes and sackcloth. And, and so there's a sense that you, you see what some might see in another generation, boy, we're really trying to serve the Lord. But what you see in it is a, 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 something that is more showy and more done maybe to feel good about themselves. Yeah, I mean, I've been to those people's houses, you know. Mm-hmm. I know I know the resources people are working with. I think your question of why people are leaving the church, I don't think Jesus would be in a lot of the churches people are leaving. You solemnly see Jesus hang out in temples and talking to religious leaders in that capacity, right? Mm-hmm. He hung out with tax collectors. He hung out with um, fishermen. He hung out with prostitutes. He hung out with the least of these, the Gentiles, you know. And if you go to most of these churches, you're not going to find any of those people in those churches, right? Okay, so let's of, narrow one yeah. down real quickly here. One of the reasons, one of the things you're deconstructing is from your perspective, and many Gen Zs, millennials who may be nuns, duns, whatever they're going to be, whatever the deconstruction of it is, is one of the things you're taking out and going, it feels hypocritical. Yeah, I don't know if hypocritical is even, I don't know if that's the right word, because I think it's pretty intentional. Okay, so like, showy? Is yeah, showing like, no substance is like what you, you said, said. Like we were intentionally going there right. to look to make kids feel good about themselves. That was like that wasn't like a it wasn't just a coincidence that we didn't help them. We knew exactly what we were doing going into it. And maybe hypocritical is the right word, but it's just that yeah, that we have so much to give and then we just do the bare minimum. Or we go, another big problem I have is it's always I I understand the overseas mission. I like the overseas mission. There's a lot of people hurting in our communities that we overlook or we look and turn a blind eye to, or we say, oh, it's their fault or it's something else. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you think Jesus would do that? Like if someone was in, even if it was their fault, even if it was completely their fault, they ruined their lives. Mm-hmm. You think Jesus wouldn't come and accept them in? You didn't think mm-hmm. you, would Jesus wouldn't be in the, in the city? Like mm-hmm. how many times have any of these people who live in the suburb churches gone to the city mm-hmm. and actually gone preach? It's easy to go street ministry, somewhere else some other country but go do in your own communities yeah. you know go mm-hmm. talk to people who you will actually see you know have impact in their life in your life too he he, he left nazareth right yeah he says like, i'm not going to preach in nazareth i'm going to go somewhere else because it's, it's hard to preach where you're from people know you right yeah. so you have to yeah. live out what you're preaching when you when you're preaching in your communities because people will call you out on it yeah okay so so let's say that and I'm not sure i have a complete rubric around that but there's a sense of intentional it's more for show, less substance. So I just use it there. Let, let's say you kind of touch on something else, even as we're talking about this, which might be another thing. And you kind of are looking at and deconstructing, saying what I came from, what I see, isn't what I'm going to be attracted to. And that was um, this idea that people stay in their own community. They maybe live in their own echo chamber. That Those are words that people use. They turn their back, maybe you could say, on those who are hurting. I mean, is that does that resonate? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think that some of the views some people and some churches have are almost impossible to have if you lived around people um, of different um, nationalities or origins than you, because you'll just see that things are not true. There's a reason where cities that have cities that have a lot of people, a lot of diverse diverse, um, cultures usually aren't, um, they understand each other a lot better. You know, Mm -hmm. there's not a lot of misunderstanding going on because people talk to each other and communicate. And it's like, if you have a false view of some type of person or some nationality and you see that, you see the opposite enough times, you're gonna be like, oh, I was just wrong, right? Yeah. But if you have the same echo chamber of people telling you this is right, this is wrong, 
then you have the news channels you saying have this is right this is wrong you get these ideas and i think a lot of the problem is some of the secular ideas have sunk into the church views so they mm -hmm. become one unison um view that people even within the ch larger structure church structure don't actually believe but that's just what the group think idea is and no one wants to go against that because you'd be losing your community you'd be losing people you know so it does become a very large echo chamber of people either too fearful to speak out and then they slowly just start to believe it or they just fully believe it and they never get any experiences that would change their views okay so like uh, if i didn't go to that trip i might not have changed my views you know because yeah. i have never seen yeah, no, that's that's a, it's a good point. Last um, Sunday in church, I met with a young couple who's come just a couple times, and they actually live in the city, um, and have come out to our church a few times, and and they moved into the city with other couples, and they meet together in order to be integrated into that community. Now, that I I just found is interesting because they are Gen Zers. Who have a small child and they've chosen to move back into that area to live um so that kind of in some ways reflects what what you were saying there um around that idea of one of the ways because i'm we, it's easy to deconstruct but to construct something is often more difficult especially to construct something with community that doesn't begin to have excesses or blind spots or or those things that create dissonance with the generations that are coming up. So let, let's move to another one. Um, you kind of touched on the fact that you've been in some people's homes. That'll cut real deep to, you know, I feel that to a degree. And I, I would imagine people in our church or some people listening to it might be real easy to write this off in one sense and go on it. Or they may actually pause for a second and go, it's not rich. There's a whole group of people who are looking at the way people spend their resources and how they expend those in the sense of look at the church they're building this crazy nice building is that resonate with you and what's your thoughts around that 100 i would never go to a church like that never go inside a building like that it's and why was that because why would you need a nice church building <laughs> uh -huh. it's a building the church yeah. is the church is composed of the people inside the building and you should be using those resources to help your community Okay. to be expanding your community um so there's there's no reason you should have obviously you need a building obviously it doesn't have to be run down and crappy but you can have a, a nice building and i have it just be totally extravagant and have the nicest sound system the huge five gyms you can do it so that it's still effective for what you need it for and not just go extravagant like okay. i hate i hate going to those huge cathedrals it's like that's millions of dollars that could have been poured into the community that's not in a hurting community and people are wondering why church uh attendance is going down okay right like you're not doing your job yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. well one thing that i find is very interesting is there is a move away from the kind of mega church and uh, although there's still many that will go to it because we have a culture that will pick up its pockets etc but there tends to be what I see in the Gen Z and millennial age group, a, a much more of a concentration on what I would call kind of like small group. Um, that's kind of their church or home churches, or they meet in people's homes and, and they're moving kind of away from the, you know, I'm going to come to Sunday 
for an hour and I'm going to sing some music and someone's going to talk to me for a half hour and I'm going to go out and that's church for me. Does that connect? I mean, I feel like that's how a lot of people who call themselves Christians live. You know, they mm -hmm. they go to church for the image side. They're either their family or their friends or whatever are all there. They go for an hour, they go talk and then oh, that was a nice service and then they just go around their life. And obviously life is busy and not, no one's expecting you to be doing it every day or stuff like that. But that doesn't really do anything like you're not at best you're not developing yourself you know like there's no way an hour out of your week is enough enough to be fulfilling at all and i think if you look back at the early church it was all about the community you know it was all about the community it was all about connecting with each other it was all about personal relationships and that's why i expanded so fast yeah. you know they were different. You could just tell, like, that guy's just different. That guy's just a good guy. He's different. There's something about him that's luring me towards him. Right? So tell me a little bit about that, because I think that's a huge part of people who have are deconstructing and what they are reconstructing is around relationship and community. Tell me what's attractive to you in that. Yeah, I guess somehow it got misconstrued of being different, just meaning being holy or being not doing anything fun or, like being oh i don't you know like somehow it's become being it, it, being a good christian got considered by following a bunch of rules mm -hmm. you know and not actually caring or helping people you know and that's what it should be about the early church was always helping each other was always going to other churches and seeing what they could do because mm -hmm. they had to they went to survival you know they were right. running running from the government and they were they needed that community and people just that's different, you know, in our culture, how small groups supposed to be a bunch of guys just kind of talking about their deepest things, you know, mm -hmm. and you go to most small groups and that's not what happens. Right. People are just kind of surface level. Everyone's scared to even approach things. But imagine if you had a place where men can go and talk freely, you know, feel safe. People would be like, that's different. That's different than what you get in the world. That community is different. That love is different. But now the different is. Oh, you can't swear, don't get tattoos, get married at 21. It's been this whole view of holiness and Christianity has just gone these arbitrary set of rules instead of it really being about helping people and helping people become better Christians and better people. Yeah, well, you you, you touched on something that I think is is really important. And it is that sense of what I call authenticity and transparency, the ability to really show up with who you are. And and that means being really vulnerable because you could be in a place where you show up and someone could really hurt you, reject you, judge you, all those different things. And if that's kind of what the heart of community and relationship is about, that is so different from what the world is today. In fact, if you were to come into a place where people do have disagreement, as soon as disagreement happens, that means you can't have a relationship. And I think that's pretty standard in our world in a large way today. You just look at all the different groups that that are angry with one another and and because they they have different viewpoints, so there is even no opportunity to deeply dialogue and seek to understand so that you can actually move towards one another um, in relationship. I mean, disagreement is very healthy. As you mm -hmm. know, we've talked several times. I think disagreement, that's how you get to a place of understanding, you know, mm -hmm. and people, people nip it. Especially I like I've seen in the church that if you there's a question, people try to have a biblical answer around it to say there's no other answer. You know, mm -hmm. like it is because it is, you know, it's mm -hmm. like so people try to use scripture and say this is how it is. And I was like, 
there's like 200 different denominations just because your view of this is how it is Mm -hmm. does not mean that's how it is so maybe another thing that i could add to this is the whole and when you're talking about deconstructing is moving from a place where everyone has to agree where you can show up with vulnerability and you can actually dialogue and even experience conflict because conflict if you are willing to be mature about it can actually lead to deeper relationships i kind of look at it even if you when you break your arm so to speak it heals back stronger there is that sense of an understanding that if our body does that why can't the body of christ live in that kind of way with one another 100 i agree so we are kind of coming to the end. What I really would like to ask you is, how are you constructing your faith? What does is the church involved? What to degree, or what's the most important parts of as you are constructing your faith right now? Yeah, that's a great question, and I I'm not really sure what it looks like. I think I just do things that I I want to. You know, I just mm-hmm. I just kind of I don't have any answers. I don't really know what I want to do in the future. I'm just gonna just gonna kind of let it go and see how it, how it ends up. You know. God has a plan. That's just how I'm going to work it out. I do go to a church down in Minneapolis. I do volunteer work um, during the weekends um, and they haven't been in service yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, They won't be for a while. Maybe when that opens up, I'll start going um, a little bit just for a little bit of that community. But a lot of times, some of the volunteer work I've been doing, I've been growing a great base of people who have very similar mindsets to me um, and to kind of what I'm doing and just being able to connect with those kind of people and just kind of slowly build, build something out of that. I don't know. I don't think I don't think having an answer is really what deconstruction is about. It's kind of just about just seeing where you end up at the end. <laughs> so and that's a good point, because I think as I do talk to Gen Z's and millennials, um, there is that sense of, yeah, we're just figuring it out and we're trusting that we're being led to do what we're called to be doing. And and that looks really different. So I just wanted to say thank you so much. I really appreciate um, having this opportunity to do this. Thanks, Rich, for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. You've been listening to the Wyzetta Free Conversations podcast. For more information about Wyzetta Free Church, please check out wyzettafree.org or download our app available on the App Store or on Google Play. 